Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Say What You Mean. I'm Jeff. And I'm Jake. All right, go ahead. You're going to rant. <laughs> I want to hear it. I just, okay, it's, it's the NBA trade deadline today. Yeah, it's um, my favorite day of the year. It's, it's one, the only reason I have Twitter. This and the first day of NBA free agency, yeah. is the those are the two biggest days in sports for you and I. Yeah. Because it's like we're waiting for the Blazers to make moves. And yeah. every year we're like... We either get real overly hyped, mm-hmm. which the, and then when the reality of the of the play, like the reality on the court hits, and we're like, "Oh shit, we thought that was gonna be really good, and yeah. it turns out it wasn't." Uh, see Hassan Whiteside. Oh uh, yeah. I mean, I I thought not I was, immediately. He I was immediately. hyped as hell for that move. Were and, you? And then it didn't like that didn't <laughs> pan out. Like, uh, I mean, he had good individual stats. Oh but yeah. The team was trash yeah. with him at center. Yeah. Uh, he just did not fit well in the offensive system that is Terry Stotts's. Which I don't know. It it does it just seem to you that when Stotts and Damian Lillard, when Lamarcus left, mm-hmm. right, and the offense under Stotts and Lillard, yeah, had so much more ball movement at the beginning mm-hmm. when it was Lillard and CJ. CJ was just starting to kind of come on mm-hmm. as a starter. And then that year they had like Alan Crabb and Mason Plumlee. Mm-hmm. There was a lot, and they made the playoffs, and they ended up beating the beat up uh, Clippers because Paul and Griffin went down in yes. that series. Yeah, like, there was, and Harkless was. We got Harkless off the off the scrap heap, who ends up coming in and starting. We signed Aminu. Like mm-hmm. the the start of that run, there was so much ball movement, and that was a fun offense to watch. There was cut cutting to the basket, and now it's just four guys standing around the three point. Yeah, the, standing around the three point line, spaced. Swing, 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 swing. Offensive re- If it's a miss, it's an offensive rebound by Canner, or it's a one and done. It's just like, dude, it's it's a boring ass. It offense. is boring. It's a boring ass offense, and it's so predictable. But it's because there's no offensive. There's no offensive threat in the center. I mean, there is if you post up Canner. I mean, kinda. But they're double. The problem is they double him so fast. Yeah. As soon as they he, they get the ball into him, two guys double, and he has he's forced to pass out yeah. of it. And he's not a good great pat, no, post he's passer. Not. Yeah. Nurk is a better post passer. Yeah. You can just see the pieces. Like there's Dame is trying to trust these guys, mm-hmm. and they're not producing. No. How many? Like two twice. Uh, DJ uh, yeah. had chances at tying the game wide open and bricked two straight wide open threes. Yeah. It's that is so frustrating yeah and then um a chance to cut it to one point in that way that that way if against the um the nets yeah uh robert covington bricks the first of his first two free throws Mm -hmm. which would have allowed portland to have a game tying shot instead of having to hit a three foul hope for a missed yeah uh free throw i mean with four seconds left like it's just dude consistently guys aren't stepping up but portland just made a move um yeah it's it's one that i didn't want to have happen but i'm what didn't you want gary i I didn't i didn't want to move gary yeah nobody did i I just you had his bird rights that means you can go over the cap to sign him um i get hood hood is an expiring contract he has not come back from his achilles injury uh in any way like yeah he's giving you nothing at the back end of your rotation unfortunately that's not his fault um, it's just the nature of that injury. It's, yeah, it's, it, sucks. it's, it sucks. I mean, Kevin Durant's not even back from it. Yeah. Like, it's just, it's, it's taken Wesley Matthews. It took Wesley Matthews at least three seasons to, f- to be back in a, in a, um, contributing form. Right. And he still never was the same player. Yeah. Um, what position is Norman Powell? 
small forward. Okay. And that's why this makes a little bit more sense yeah. than Aaron Gordon because I think they're still stuck on they're still stuck on I, this is probably not the only move Portland makes, but I think they're still stuck on Robert Covington starting at the 4. And if you bring I in like Aaron, Robert Covington. And if you bring in Aaron Gordon, he's a starting 4. Oh, so gotcha. then that moves Rocco to the to the bench. Yeah. And Covington's I know you're not hot on him, but I love him. I love his active hands. He's always in passing lanes. He's always poking the ball away. I love that stuff. But he's so inconsistent on the. He was. I don't in, care about offense. He was brought in to be a three and D player, and you're, he doesn't give you floor spacing. Right. Like he, there's nobody who fears his three point shot right now. For sure. So they're able, still able to double Dame. Yeah, I mean Dame's passing and splitting doubles like a G. Yeah. Oh, he's killing it. I mean, he's second to who in the MVP race. He's second, I saw, but is it Vucevic? Yeah, uh, no, to Jokic. Or Jokic, that's what I meant, sorry. I mean, Jokic is smashing, dude. He leads every category for Denver. Does he? He's first in every category. Even an assist? Yes. Over Murray? Yes. Hmm. <laughs> Him and Murray are a lethal combo. Yeah. But yeah. you put Dame with Jokic, that's a lethal oh, combo. Oh, that's scary, dude. Yeah, I mean, Jokic is the quintessential big man. He's amazing. Yeah. But I don't want him to win MVP. No. It'll be Dame. I think it'll be Dame. You think so? It depends on who finishes. I think it'll come down to whose team finishes above the other one in Ooh. that Western Conference. And with now, with Denver getting Aaron Gordon, it's like, where do they get these assets? It's like, we're always told we don't have the assets to make that move. Yeah. But yet, Denver, who seemingly has less assets than we do, yeah. makes the move for Paul Millsap years ago. Yep. Makes the move now for Aaron Gordon. Yep. I, I what it's, makes they made the move for Jeremy Grant? Like yeah. these are all like wings that could help Port, Portland. wings or or front court players that could help Portland, and we don't get them, and yeah. yet Denver does. <laughs> Denver's good, dude. I mean, but is it the GM? Is it the GM saying we don't have the assets, or I don't want to move? these assets well that's what it is like where we all know we have the assets yeah. right and portland just doesn't he overvalues his draft picks but he did just trade one of them in gary Trent jr yeah that's true that's true and gary's good yeah but i think they knew that him being a restricted free agent this year yeah to match that contract would have been insane oh yeah he'll sign for good money mm -hmm. if he keeps going yeah on the but trajectory. he's shooting less than 30 percent over his last eight games from three yeah and he's not been he and be, they're rushing him off the three point line. Uh huh. I think made one of the major reasons why his three point shot isn't mm -hmm. falling is because they're rushing him off the three point line. Mm -hmm. In his mid range game, isn't great. It's not great. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um. I, Norman Powell. Yeah. I think fits what Stotts wants to do better, yeah. and I think he's a better defender than Gary is. Yeah. He plays okay. good defense. Yeah. I just. I liked that Trent Jr.'s trajectory. Yeah. And that's always um, what's his, that's always Neil O'Shea's mantra is yeah. career arcs. Right. And I'm just like, I don't know what Norman, like, I don't know. I guess I'll have to, there'll be plenty of, of uh, pieces out from Quick and Hodel yes. and stuff about talking about this trade. But right. uh, I don't know, man. I don't know. When does Nurk come back? I don't know, but LeBron's down. Yeah. That's true. LeBron is down. Embiid's down. Yeah. Um, everybody's hurt. Yeah. AD's down. Yeah. It's it's wild in the West, dude. And Har uh, Harden's out of the West. Like, it's really just Denver. 
dude, Harden is annoying as shit. He's and, the and, worst in Utah. Dude. And Utah, I was gonna say. Utah yeah, Utah is well. pretty damn good. Yeah, Utah's. What are they ranked? Two. Uh, they're one. One. Yeah. I thought so. Yeah. Damn, dude. Well, they've got they have the perfect blend of inside out game yeah. with Gobert and Donovan Mitchell and yeah. wings that can knock down threes. That's what we're missing. Well, that's we, what they keep trying to get. I know. <laughs> and they bring in career like good three point shooters, and none of them. Yeah, materialized. But I don't understand the thing with Derek Jones Jr. putting him in a corner. He's never been no, a three point shooter. No. And you've been saying that since we got him, getting him cut into the basket. And they started doing that down the stretch. Did they? Um, oh, he was catching alley oops. He had like a bunch. four. He had yeah. like four uh, four backdoor cuts for That's for so slams. Annoying. And then what happened? They were trying to get. They were trying to get their three. They were trying to get. They were down three for like the last two minutes of that Nets game. Mm-hmm. And instead of instead of like getting a two. Maybe getting a stop, but only getting up a two, and just trying to stay within three. Yeah, kept trying to get that one shot. Yep, with bad threes, and yep. kept trying to make it make up the deficit with one shot. Mm-hmm. And it's just like you come back, just chip it away at it. Yeah, score, get an easy bucket, keep putting pressure on the Nets offensively. Right, instead of knowing that they have a full three point mm-hmm. possession that puts less pressure on their offense. Yeah, and if you're just shooting threes. Just guard the three-point line. Yeah. You're not obviously using the two points. Mm-mm. Stupid. Yeah. Stupid. I just, I hate Stotts' offense. I hate his offense right now. And I hate the fact that they spent a lot of money on defense and it's gotten worse. Yeah. You hear that, Terry? They don't have a... They don't have over it. When they don't have... I mean, <laughs> Nurkic will come back and that'll give them a legit rim protecting. Nurk said a week or two. And that was a week or two ago. I know. He's not going to come back on this road trip. They're on a four-game road. They're, they're on in Miami game. today, huh? Yeah, they're on a four-game roadie. At two. He, and nobody com- players don't come back from long-term injuries on road trips, so he's no. out for at least another four games. Ugh. What's the road They trip? don't have a backup center. Where is Giles? Giles is supposedly healthy and able to come back, but I, I haven't know. seen him. Maybe they were thinking that they weren't going to play him because they were going to trade him. I don't know, but Claxton was beating Mello down the court all game long in that yeah. second unit. You can't keep starting Melo or Rocco at the five. No. God, no. Did you yeah. see how many points in the paint the Nets had? No. It was ridiculous. It was, was like 50 it? points in the paint. <gasps> Holy crap. Yeah. Cool. <laughs> Defense. Uh, Sorry so, for the Blazer. Yeah, we, got that. A, we, got, we got that out of the way. Yeah, we were hot off uh, some Blazer news, so we had to jump into that. Um other than that, I mean, you're going to start substitute teaching. Yeah. That's thrilling. That's cool. I'm going to live vicariously through you. My dreams of teaching, I think, are gone. Why? I don't know. I don't think so. I'm an idiot. I'm not an idiot. Why do you say <laughs> I'm that? I'm an idiot. Uh, I don't know because I don't think that I will teach until I've had some years of communications experience under my belt and then apply to teach. At like Clark or something, mm. or maybe Lower River. Sure, but they're not gone. They're just not anytime soon. But I can see your path to teaching like within arm's reach, and I get I get a little jealous, but excited for you. Well, thank you. Yeah. Uh, how was the training? Tell me about that. Like, is there anything like that you were surprised by? Is there any like? Are you nervous? Or are you how you feeling? Because I would be scared as hell. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. So lot there um the training was interesting they brought us all to the jim parsley center uh the j the jpc yeah what's that 
JPC. Yeah. Anyway, uh, it is the district. Uh, it's like the it's a district building, um, slash recreational facility for mm-hmm. like all. Um, it's like a community center, mm-hmm. but it's also a. It's it's like all it's like a workout gym. There's like a, a pool with a water slide, oh. rock wall. It's oh. basically for teachers. It's basically for teachers and their families, but anybody what? For, yeah, but anybody who but you have to pay like I think oh. it's like you get it I think you get it free if you're like a district employee, but right. then also people from the community can join it, kinda like the Marshall Center. It's kinda oh. like a bigger version of the Marshall Center. Okay. But the district has Where's it at? Uh it's off of Falk, off of five hundred. So if you're heading five hundred east. Yeah. Falk Road yeah. between Fourth Plain and Five Hundred. Yeah. It's right there. I think I know where right you're talking the, about. Right up from the Bymart. On the same road as the Bymart there. Yeah, I know. But is it on the opposite side of Fourth Plain? So you know where Roosevelt Elementary mm-hmm. is? It's behind Roosevelt Elementary. Oh weird. Yeah. I know where that is. I used to live right there. Okay. Huh. Look, this is my long term goal for you, for me. <laughs> <laughs> you get you get teaching. And then you say, hey, like me and my buddies are going to come in after hours after school and just shoot around. Mm. That's my goal here. Okay. So I don't care about you teaching or changing the future of our children. Just get me a place to play basketball for free. Everybody wants an indoor place to play basketball. I swear. (laughs) If someone was smart, they would create a a gym where they would just rent it out to basketball. Dude, they had the, what's it called? The hoop that was in Vancouver? Mm. I guess it, it, I mean, this is like. 20 years ago but jesse he used to be he still plays in basketball leagues i don't think any, with covid or anything but he would play like on two or three teams and when i was playing he was on my team and he was on like another wednesday night team he plays all the time but back when there was the hoop he would like come up to vancouver and play at the jesse hoop. Geezy? yeah oh, okay i don't know he, i don't know he played oh yeah really he plays a lot yeah um He's my favorite person to play with. Like me and him run the gnarliest like pick and pop. Like if we're down and we need a three, I just go, you know, and he's like, all right, I'll bring the ball up. He sets the screen and they follow me and I just pop it out to him. and He knocks it down. Nice. And it's it's because I'm getting him in rhythm mm-hmm. to I give that bounce pass right in the pocket. Knocks it down. Actually, he's kind of inconsistent, so I'm not going to give you that much credit, Jesse. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but no, we do. That's that's one play where I know I can get him in rhythm, and I know he can he can I can trust him for a three. But anyways, he plays a lot, and he was playing at the hoop, and then they have one out in like Beaverton or something or Hillsboro, mm. and they close this one down. Open, and there's that one open, and the Portland Basketball League uses that facility for okay. games and stuff. But yeah. I don't know. There was a I I know somebody through like CJ and and um that was doing open gym for a while and mm. we would always go in the mornings on like Sunday mornings. I think it was Sunday mornings, yeah. And we'd go and play at the gym and play basketball and it was awesome. Yeah. But that's not really happening anymore, so that's where you come in. Hopefully. I'm going to wait like 2 years till you finish and then we'll be hooping all the time. Dude, I I want to play basketball so bad. Me too. I miss so it. So bad. Um but training was Sorry. uh no you're fine. Uh it training We're was talking in, about my dreams here, Jake. Well, yeah, I mean <laughs> it's my dream. It shared my dreams yes. too because I want to play I want to hoop as well. Uh-huh. Um without the I don't know, like without the league, I just want to go hoop with friends. I do want to play For in a sure. league, but I also just want to Me too. Friends friends. Me too. Anyway, so training. Uh interesting, uh it was a very long day. Yeah, one day. One day. Is it like they, videos or people presenting? Well, well, it wasn't really videos. It was like a bunch of different presenters. Okay. It started in the morning with legal and they zoomed this person in. We had okay. to go over like 
don't diddle kids. <laughs> Rule number one. Yeah. Uh, and yeah, that's it. Okay. I mean, there's a lot. There was yeah. a lot to it, but it was just like, don't do this with kids. Don't do this with kids. Don't yeah. do this with kids. And I'm like, I mean, I guess I know you ha- you have to say that. Yes. But it's just like, can we can we skip? Can we just? I mean, skip there's going to be this? some situations that people wouldn't consider. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I mean, it was just like uh, all district email. One thing that caught me was like, don't talk. They <laughs> the teachers like, don't talk shit about students through your district email because anytime a student's name is used, it goes in that student's personal file. So if the parents ever ask for the student's file, they'll see all of the emails between teachers about that student. Dude, how long do you think they keep that file? I want to go and ask for mine. (laughs) (laughs) I'm sure they still have it. Like they keep all of that. That's Um, wild. Yeah. So, okay. They're like, use initials. If you're going to talk about students. Yeah. Um, Wow. Uh, between between teachers, so right. I, I I found that interesting. Yeah. Um, there was just there was a lot of a lot of stuff. Like I felt like uh, thank you, Doctor Hops, who mm-hmm. taught the methods of teaching social studies class, because um, they were just talking about well, if you know if you sh- if you show up and you and there's no lesson plan. Um, what are some things that you can do really quickly? And I'm thinking of like well, four corner exercises or mm-hmm. something like that. And I I think I'm going to start out just teaching either like reading english uh or um doing secondary where it's more i can i can teach in a subject that i'm more comfortable with until i get Mm -hmm. comfortable with the whole teaching thing i don't want to go do a high school math class on my first time and i'm like you guys know more about math than i do because i haven't done this math since i was your age yeah so i I would not be a very like we're showing a movie today if that (laughs) that were me uh, so I wanted I want to do that. It was interesting. My high school, one of my high school English uh, professors, professors, teachers was mm-hmm. one of the presenters. Mm-hmm. She works for the district now, so that was kind of cool to see that a familiar cool. face. Um, there was probably twenty something people there. Hmm. There was this one old batty looking lady who kind of reminded me of Professor Trelawney, mm-hmm. and I don't know what she was doing there, mm-hmm. but she wasn't a teacher, but she was wearing a Harney Elementary um face mask okay like she's just really into harney elementary i'm like that was kind of weird like what's their mascot the hornets or something like that um yeah the harney hornets yeah uh and she when we got to the what can you wear religious like religious or political symbols as a teacher and she kept saying like well if i want to wear religious symbols can i wear buttons and she just would not get off this like what she can wear in terms of religious symbols. I'm like, right. I'm like, lady, you are a an emergency sub. Yeah. You're going to be there for like one day on short notice. Just they said you can wear your cross. Just nothing distracting. Are you telling me you can't go a day without wearing Jesus buttons? No. Nope. To can't work. Happen, dude. Like, are you kidding? Whoa, why are you assuming it's Jesus? Whatever, fine. <laughs> just whatever religious but Buddha buttons. I Buddha don't know. Buddha buttons. Ooh, Walk around with there's a, big, a market with, for with Buddha buttons. With a gigantic Buddha chain. I don't know. Like, Buddha what, chain? Yeah, Damn, there's dude. This guy, there's this you guy, should be in marketing. There's this guy that comes into our work every, like almost every single day, and he has this big emerald Buddha on a chain, and he's this big white dude. Shut up. Yeah. Dude, she wants to show up like Ramblin' Rod. Do you know who that is? No. You don't know who Ramblin' Rod is? Uh-uh. Oh, I'm aging myself right now, dude. He used to be like on Channel... I don't know. Was it Channel 12? He used to come and like have all these kids on their show, and he would wear this vest with all these buttons. And like... <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> yeah, that's that's going to be this lady yeah. showing up to teach. With her Jesus yeah. buttons or Buddha buttons or Buddha chains. Um, dude, you don't know Ramblin' Rod? Mm-mm. Dude, I was on that show. Really? Yeah. And he'd have this little audience of kids and he'd talk to them and interview them. And then they'd have like a smile contest and you'd have to smile and the camera would go by you. And then they'd give you like a, I don't remember what it was. Mm. Um, and then he'd be like, all right, time for a cartoon. And cut to like Woody Woodpecker. Is this guy like Freddie? Is he? Uh, is he like Johnny Karate from Parks and Rec? Maybe Jen's laughing because we're she can hear us talking about Ramblin' Rod. <laughs> <laughs> Never heard of Ramblin' Rod. Wow, dude! I wonder how many people listen know who Ramblin' Rod <laughs> is. Um, anyway, so that's what I imagine when you talk about Trelawney trying to sub. It's I just, just I'm like, Ron. I just I just found out that no matter what class you're in, no matter what the context is, there's always going to be one of these people. There's sure. always going to be time. there's always going to be an yeah that has to talk <laughs> <laughs> that has to talk about her own personal stories. Yeah, it's, it's always no a, matter what turning it to them. Mm-hmm. Like, what about my situation? <laughs> okay, well, let's address that. It's been addressed. Yeah, but. <laughs> what about it's like dude are you kidding me and so many times just, like you kind of like your shoulders come up and your head goes down and you're like i can't believe this is still going mm-hmm. dude, and they don't give it up no and they, and they don't get they don't even hear the annoyance in the presenter or the teachers and like, i mean voice i i don't get it they just like this guy so we were doing our processing okay and it was just me and two other people getting like all our different day or same our, day different day okay having to turn in all our paperwork and it's the the head HR person, or the HR person that's working with us. And it's me and this guy and this other guy. And mm-hmm. We're in this small room, and this guy is like, and this is an HR person. She doesn't sub. She's even said, "I've never been in the classroom." Oh, weird. Okay. And oh, she tells she, you that she's just the HR person gotcha. that processes the paperwork. Gotcha. And this guy is like, "Yeah, I'm just really." And she's like, "Well, do you have any other questions?" And he's like, "Well, what do you recommend if I show up?" And he's like, "I'm just really nervous about if I show up and there's no lesson plan. Like, what can I do?" And she's like, well, you know, and she just kind of starts repeating this stuff that we were taught the day before in our training. Like, dude, they gave you packets on this. Yeah. And the guy's like, and she's like, and he's like, well, and he he asked, I realized very quickly, he didn't ask the question to get a legitimate answer. He asked the question to then prompt yeah. something that he'd been sitting on in his yes. mind, which was, I shit you not. Oh, no. I've done a lot of like public speaking in the past, talking about all of the cool places that I've gone and places that I've worked. Do you think if I showed up at a at a uh, at a classroom where there wasn't a um, where lesson there plan. wasn't a lesson plan, I could just do like a show and tell about like my life? Are you kidding? Would that me? be okay? And I'm like, are you shitting me? Are you really like he is gonna he is he is literally gonna wait like the first he's not even gonna look for like in extra places or try to do anything extra to get a uh, lesson plan put yeah. together. Yep. He is legitimately going to like the first time he's just like, oh, I didn't see it. Let's all right, kids, let's <laughs> look at me in in, uh, in India. Yeah, like I love. He it. pray love me. Like <laughs> pray love me. I love that you went with him, like sliding the lesson plan to the side and being like, I couldn't find it because I was just in the to- in total in that fashion going. There's no lesson plan. Like immediately just being like, or walking into being like. 
there's a lesson plan. But you, I love your approach of just like sliding it under a stack <laughs> of papers and be like, I couldn't find it, but I brought a slide. <laughs> <laughs> That's where my mind is. This love guy that. was very excited about If he's that excited about it, he's totally going your way. Yeah. He's he was he wants to show the kids all of the exciting things about it. He's Professor Lockhart. Yes. Like, oh, great. Magical Harry me references Mag- right now. Magical me. <laughs> so we have had counterculture for the last two years, but there is an element of you getting into teaching that I can't wait for stories because you're going to have horror horror stories, you're going to have inspiring stories, and we're going to have to come up with a segment for that. So I crushed this dude's dream as soon as he brought that up, and I was like, well, you know, a really good practice to do is to ask the students hey, where have you, like, what did you learn yesterday? And that'll give you an indication of where they are today and then just do something quickly with with them. And if you're in secondary, you can just throw up some, uh, I, you can just do a quick, you can do a quick exercise. I said, here's my personal email, email me um, and I can send you what I put together for a class that I did where you had to come up with lesson plans. You did plans. all this? Yeah. <laughs> So then I told him, and then I was like, hey, and there's also this really good west le- uh, website called Share My Lesson Plan, where you can, if you show up in the morning and there's no lesson plan, yeah, go talk to other, I could go talk to other teachers or go to the Share My Lesson Plan and you can type in literally any topic and it's like teachers that have shared their lesson plans that you can just quick download and it has all the materials there. And he's like, oh, okay. Jake, you're going to be such a good teacher. You're going to be such a good teacher. I hope so. I, I just had to stop and say that. But then on the flip side, I'm also thinking about this guy di- guy right, going home in his diary and be like, fuck this guy, dude. I try to tell about my I try to tell about my travels, and he gave me solutions to teaching. That's not why I got into this. <laughs> but for real, you're going to do amazing. Well, like, thank you. you. You are so, – like, I, I'm amazed by your memory. And I took that class, and I did all the lesson plans, and I did all of that stuff. I barely remember any of it. I, I saved all that stuff because I don't have that recall that you do. And you remember everything. And I remember creating lessons and teaching them and going through it. But I don't remember the specifics. And you're, you're going to be awesome. You're going to crush it. Well, thank you. I'm stoked. I appreciate the, um, I appreciate the, the, the confidence. Um, real quick before we move on, I'm going to still pat you on the back. I haven't finished TTR, but you did it by yourself. And Jesse Osborne, Mm -hmm. probably our number one listener, he shared it and was like, get your learn on or something like that, Mm -hmm. which I appreciate. And I, 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 yeah, I, I I was really like, I was, uh, I felt all warm and giddy when I saw that Jesse had shared that. Yeah. Yeah. Mr. Osborne. Um, but I was like getting through the first segment. I was three minutes in texting you already. Like, holy shit. Like, it just felt comfortable and natural. And again, you know, Jake and I have been, you've had almost, you had one week of TTR, one week of Say What You Mean, and another week of TTR. And that's just because things have been a little crazy for Mm -hmm. both of us. But our numbers drop when people, when we put up TTR and it's like, I know this is a broken record, but if you can get a chance to listen to the, at least the last two, they're, they're, they're so... I, I, I'm proud of both of those episodes. Well, thank you. Um, and I think that they're beneficial to our listeners. They're beneficial to maybe people that they might know. If you listen to it and you enjoy it, share it. If you listen to this show and you enjoy it, share it. Like, I mean, our numbers have kind of plateaued, and that's kind of on both of us for mm-hmm. 
you know, just different reasons and, and, and kind of stagnant in our our marketing progress, right? Mm-hmm. But we're busy as balls. Yeah. And I think that there's going to come a time and point where we really focus on this and we'll have three years behind us. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Um, but I don't know. I know that there are those of you who listen every week and you guys are amazing. And those of you who engage and those of you who like who listen to us talk not only about our interests, but about our personal lives and who reach out to us. And, um, you know, I had uh, Megan the other day was like, hey, I saw this job and thought of you. And she sent it to me. Really? Uh, yeah. That's so, awesome. I mean, I I appreciate you guys listening. I appreciate you, the friendships that we have through this show and through college and through everything else, through video games. Like all of you guys that listen, I just get mushy and thanking you guys. But also... Don't take a break. Listen to TTR because it's good. Fast forward through the commercials. <laughs> yeah, you don't have to listen to uh, those. Yeah. Uh, I especially like the one about the uh, presidents and national crises because mm-hmm. I thought that you and I did such a good job researching that and coming and doing a uh, a really good way of putting a mirror up to the current situation without actually doing it. Right. You know, like those, those TikTok things show me that your president sucks without telling, telling me, me your that your president sucks. sucks. Yeah. And that was kind of like, <laughs> I felt kind of what we were doing, Yeah, but there was, a, but we did a good job too of saying like, Hey, he's not the only guy that's ever failed yes. in a, in a major um, crisis, in a major crisis. Yeah. Um, he just happened to do it both. Like there are people who failed out of their, because of their own self interests but were like smart mm-hmm. and there was guys that that were smart but or they're trying to do the right thing but they just didn't they just weren't equipped yeah. to be able to handle the the situation in front of them mm-hmm. but i think that trump is the combination of both those things yeah he didn't have the ability to he doesn't have he wasn't he doesn't have the ability to confront this mm-hmm. but also he was so self-interested at the yes. same time like he just compounded everything yeah he's starting his own social media oh great I know. yeah um so fatherhood just to check in real quick has been just continuously progressing and getting better um just better days better emotional management better communication um she misses me a lot and yeah. I'm at, when I'm at work and she she told Jen last night like I miss Daddy and like Jen's like hey she says she misses you I'm like don't don't tell me that I mean it's great to hear mm-hmm. but it bums me out yeah you know and I'm working on it. I'm working on other options and career exploration and interviews and I think I think something's coming I mm-hmm. hope um, but I mean just as far as her like she is I don't know it's hard. And I've mentioned how hard it was, you know, in passing, you know, the details of how hard it can be, but there, you know, last night. Okay. So she's grounded forever. Um, but, uh, one thing that we, you know, she's grounded from like watching her own TV or entertainment and all that crap. Mm -hmm. That's fair. You know, you don't need that crap. Read a book, draw something, go outside and jump on your trampoline. Like those are things you can do. Sure. But Jen's like, dude, I'm getting kind of kind of sick of like watching the same stupid cartoon shows that we have allowed her to watch all educational stuff right beneficial stuff for character building and Jen's like I can't watch it anymore and I was like one night we're just hanging out and I was like she's like I've never seen any of the Marvel movies or any of the DC movies and I was like okay you can watch that with us so now we're marathoning from beginning to end every Marvel movie nice she's uh She's into it. She the other day, my dad, my parents came over and my dad was like, hey, 
you know, I know that she's been having trouble with telling the truth and acting out and kind of being sassy. Like, I want to go and have a heart to heart with her. So I'm going to come over. You guys can hang out with your mom. Uh, we're going to walk over to Freddy's and maybe find some things to buy. But we'll talk while we're doing it. It's like, cool, let's do it. So they came over. They left. They walk over to Fred Myers and they come back. And I was like, how did it go to my dad? And he was like, you know, it, really, it went well. You know, I told her, like, I had a hard upbringing, too. Like, it's it's your choices that determine who you are not your past mm -hmm. and you can choose to be a better person you can choose to make good choices and you can choose to turn it around and he's like you have an opportunity now with your parents that are going to foster that opportunity and foster that growth mm -hmm. so just you know consider that think about it they're not bad people they're not the bad guys here um and i was like cool great like awesome i've been telling her that too but it's probably great he's she's hearing it from you so then they leave and we're hanging out and i'm like hey uh so you and papa went for a walk what'd you guys talk about he told me his life was shitty what <laughs> yeah he told me his life was shitty oh okay i mean yes it was okay what else did he say he told me not to be a shithead to you and i'm like oh my god <laughs> i'm like okay Thanks. Uh, what do you think? Yeah. And that, and that fuss sucks. <laughs> yeah. I'm just like, okay. All right. Cool. That was your dad, right? The, the fuss incident? Oh, yes. Okay. Yeah, he keeps yeah. screwing me over. <laughs> fuss sucks. Oh, you know, I don't want to try to fuck because grandpa says it sucks. It's like, dude. And now she's just like, he had a shitty life. And I'm, I'm giggling. It's, it's a little silly, but okay. Mm -hmm. Got it. Like, it, okay. Yeah. But then she's watching the Hulk and the general is the bad guy. And she's like... This general's a piece of shit. <laughs> and Jen is like, what? And I'm not there for this. And Jen's like, you think you're cool now just because you said shit once or twice? Like, pump, pull it back a little bit, dude. And she's like, okay, grandpa says it. And I'm like, I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. I'm going to kill him. And then, so now we're managing the use of shit. Because she said it once, and she's like, like if she says biatch and she says I'm pissed, I don't care about that stuff. Mm -hmm. But shit, please don't say shit. <laughs> please don't <laughs> continuously say shit. <laughs> so then she farts the other day, and she's like, oh, that smells like shit. <laughs> <laughs> and Jen's like texting she's me. She's your daughter, dude. Jen's like texting me all of this, and I'm like, Ugh. So we're working on language now. But other than that, I mean, that's been the... That's been the worst of it, and there it's been bad, and you know how bad it's yeah, been. Yeah, but, but hearing that if this is the worst yes, it's been lately, yes. that's a huge improvement. It's a huge improvement, and she's doing great. She's doing so well at communicating. Her and I decided to do a do-over. We're working on being honest and telling the truth, and you know, she, I could see her kind of she was getting her feelings were hurt. And I could see those feelings kind of stewing into anger and building up and not doing well. And she came out here to get some toys out of the toy bin. And then she grabbed a light, a red lightsaber. Yes. Yeah. And then, uh, <laughs> I hate my uncle and my dad. <laughs> um, so I come out here in the garage where she's getting her toys. And I was like, Hey, stop for a minute. Look at me. And I was like, just let's talk it out. What's going on. And she, I could tell she was like, at that moment, she wanted to talk it out. And we talked it out. And then she turned it around. It was awesome for the rest of the night. But it's catching it in a way and at a time that will prevent it from peaking. Mm. It's I can see the escalation. Let's find a moment where we can have some space and just stamp it out. Yeah. 
also, this is how effing crazy this life is of adoption through foster care is her caseworker from Texas calls Jen the other day and was like, hey, how are you? How is everything? Jen's like, it's it's going well. You know, it's just time and it's building trust and it's it's going good. She's like, cool. I'll be there Saturday or Sunday. What? Yeah. Just flying up from Texas? Yeah, I guess. So cool. I mean, is she staying here? No, oh, okay. I mean, I think she's staying. I honestly think she's just dropping in, coming, spending a few hours in Portland, and then leaving that night. Wow. Yeah. So, what if we were out of town? Right. <laughs> like we have plans Saturday night, but uh, you can't just do that. Uh, it's 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 insane. And then I had conferences, parent teacher conferences at eight this morning. Wow, dude, my life feels like it's going too fast. I need a break. And I just had five weeks off. <laughs> um, but, I mean, some camping, I think this summer is going to go well. Yeah. Um, that'll be some slowing down a Yeah, you bit. told me you've got, like, a couple of them already planned. Yeah, so. we got a bunch of booked already, so I'm pretty stoked about that. Uh, but that's, that's that's going on with me. A little dad update. Um, there's a few things I want to talk about, but is there anything you want to specifically talk no, about? No, go for it. Okay. Um... Shoot, where should I go here? I want to talk about... I'll, I'll go with this one. So, shooting in Colorado. Yes. Has prompted conversations now about gun legislation. Okay, this is where I was thinking about going to, so okay. I'm glad we're going okay. in this direction. What do you think? What are your thoughts? What are my thoughts? Yeah. What are your thoughts? You're the one I want to talk about. I want to hear your thoughts. I, it's I always would, me. It's, I'm always the gun guy. You are the gun guy. Well, I am, but... Not much longer, but yeah. Okay, so I'm not sure what weapons were used. Was did he have an AR-15? It was an AR-15, but it was an AR. This is this is gonna. This is where I kind of wanted to go with it. Okay. Sort of. Well, okay. He was using an AR-15 pistol. Okay, that's what I read. And the reason why that that it's a loophole in ATF's co- like book. Okay. On that, this gun is legal because all right, so. An air fit like a, a rifle to be legally purchased mm-hmm. without having to go through special ATF background checks yeah. and paying a tax stamp and all of this stuff and having the gun like legitimately registered is a gun a, a rifle can has to have a butt stock and cannot be shorter than sixteen the barrel cannot be shorter than sixteen inches. Okay. Well, the gun that was used is an AR five five six pistol from Ruger. It's an AR platform, and but it's a, only like a nine-inch barrel, so it's a pistol. But they get away with it having a not having a. It's sold as a pistol, and most of the time, AR pistols don't have just have like the the buffer tube, but no buttstock or anything where you can shoulder it. Okay, and so that's legal. It's sold as a pistol, but they've been selling the. This has been a push in the last couple of years with gun manufacturers is they've been selling these AR pistols with something attached to the buffer tube that is not technically a buttstock, but it's a buttstock. It's called an arm brace. And it's this, mm. it's this thing that is supposed to, it's designed to lap, latch around your forearm. Mm-hmm. It's just stupid. Nobody ever uses it like that. And you just, it looks, it's shaped like a buttstock. It looks like a buttstock. It's this buttstock. It just is a pistol brace mm-hmm. and people can still sh- sh- put it on their shoulder and, and shoot it that way is that for accuracy yeah okay yeah so it's basically it's a short barreled rifle okay but it because it's the arm the the arm brace thing mm-hmm. it passes and is just sold as sold over the counter as a pistol okay. not as a short barreled rifle which is highly short barreled rifles are highly regulated by the atf okay so that's in short long what he used 
That's annoying. Yeah. I mean, what? I think the frustration is with those loopholes and shit like that. Like you are telling me, it's called this, but it can be used as mm-hmm. this. It's 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 just a big wink, wink. Like everybody's like, oh, can't actually put that on your shoulder. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? People put it on their shoulder. Yeah. So. And the ATF recently tried to outlaw those. Okay. Um, but didn't end up doing it. Okay. And when I heard Biden talk about executive action, mm-hmm. that's where I thought he might be going. Mm-hmm. Is outlawing pistol braces like Trump outlawed bump stocks. bump stocks. Okay. Which would be ironic because yeah. everybody's flipping out about that. We sold out we sold all of our AR pistols yesterday with arm braces. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Because people saw that it was used and they're like, they're gonna ban them. Let's go buy them all. So we sold out of all of those yesterday. And so I'm like, how ir- ironic is mm-hmm. it that the precedent for those being banned was set by their guy? Yeah. Yeah, there's a lot of um, hypocrisy and criticism of uh, Biden that is kind of frustrating and annoying me. Mm -hmm. Um, Just people misunderstanding certain things. Um, There's another issue I want to discuss in a little bit. But, I mean, uh, there's someone I know who was like, really, Biden? Thanks. You can't do anything about this. And it was a picture of them filling up their gas and the price of gas. Yes, because he... Is the econ- Biden's the economy. You want the president to dictate that stuff? You want one person to have the sole power of that? It's it's frustrating. Anyways, so as far as like... I don't know, dude. I don't know what the answer is, but I feel like there has to be an answer. To stopping these? Yeah. Yeah, it's hard. It is hard. It is hard. But people are dying. And there was a one comparison. What was it? Oh, I can't remember the comparison, but it was saying something like, I'd have to find the meme. It was something about like an overcorrection first one thing. And then like when this stuff happens, like nobody wants to, to, to make corrections or changes. Mm -hmm. I can't remember what the parallel was or the comparison, but well, the I mean, we have, I mean, there, the New York times, published a big like expose on gun violence in the United States and mm-hmm. had a lot of statistical analysis. And I think the United, the United States has something like 4% of the world's population. Um, but 40 owns 40% of the, has 40% of the civilian on firearms mm-hmm. in the world. And we, and therefore we have like, I think like 30% of the gun deaths in the world are, in domestically in the United States. Right. So, I mean, there is correlation Yeah. and you could draw, I don't think it's, it's too far of a stretch to, to try to to that correlation equals causation yeah. access and easy access to firearms that can cause mass destruction in a short amount of time mm-hmm. leads to bigger gun violence. And they point out rightfully that like robberies you're you're as likely to be robbed in london as you are in new york the mm-hmm. difference is is that the robberies in london don't end up in death like they would end up but you're like 40 or 50 times more likely to die 
No, it's not that high. It's like you're 20 times more likely to die in New York from a robbery than you are in London because of the prevalence of firearms used wow. as the tool to facilitate that robbery. Right. <clears throat> so that's like the first statistic that really hit me. And I was like, yeah. that's actually powerful. That's, yes. that's actually powerful. I think and so. And that started, that swayed my mind a little. That started, I, like that permeated, like kind of like my built up boundary of, mm-hmm. Like, I don't really think guns are the problem. Yes. And I've obviously moved off of that in a yeah. lot of ways. And I've moved off the, the zero. I've moved off of the zero sum yeah. ideology of any gun legislation is an affront to the Second Amendment. Yeah. It's not like that. Like the, the government has the ability to regulate gun ownership. It's mm-hmm. just that's been decided. Um, to what extent? I mean, we they leave a law of that up to the states. Yeah. What is what can we do about it? I, I, I just, I don't, I just, I don't know what, yeah. what it would stopping. There are so many of these things already out there. Yes. So then we got to ask ourselves, are we comfortable with the federal government seizing these, seizing certain firearms? Okay. Is that something we're comfortable with? These are, I mean, I, I guess we just try to solve this. We have to start asking ourselves these questions. What are you comfortable with? Yes. Because when we are talking about solving these issues, there's going to be certain things that are going to be, you have to talk about like, right. are we okay with the seizing of property? Are there qualifiers? Okay. Well, what would be like, what would be a qualifier that comes to your mind? I don't know. This dude was a nut job. Like his brother came out and was like, dude, he's been like paranoid for a long time. And he would always say that like people were chasing him and following him. And like, there's some real mental health issues here. Mm-hmm. How, how, I don't know. I don't know. But that that is telling me something. So if 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 there's proof that there is maybe some mental health issues and the government says, hey, on these. But I don't know what the long term consequ- uh, consequences are of re- removing or confiscating weapons from somebody who suffers from mental illness. Like, is that a slippery slope that leads to further widening the definition of mental illness and then confiscating people weapons from people who maybe they shouldn't and i use that word shouldn't loosely mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah but i don't know so uh, do i think no they should just come in and take it from everybody no but i think there could be qualifiers but qualifying can be dangerous those are my thoughts yeah, there was a, a house bill on gun control mm-hmm. prior to these shootings that would make it that if you own, if you had any history of mental health and that included diagnosis of major depression, you can't own firearms now or Ooh. now or in the future. Now, that's me. Yeah. Like, that's me. Yeah. And I'm like, well, that would suck. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, I was waiting. I thought a butt was I, coming. The way the way I the way I <laughs> preface the way I finished that sentence is okay. that it seemed like I I had that a com- had a comma not that a period. Would suck. Yeah, um, um, it would suck for sure. Um, because I, I I feel like I am a like I'm a responsible human being. Yes, I'm not gonna. I'm not going to go if I went up. I wouldn't. I think there'd be a lot of people who would be shocked if I wouldn't right. commit an act like that. What about licensing? Uh, I, I, I think that's a good place to start. Yeah. Um, 
have a, having some sort of competency mm-hmm. um, that is administered. Uh, now, do you leave it up to the states to, yeah. to thresholds, or is it like something that is federally recognized, like mm-hmm. it's state issued but federally federally recognized? Right. So federal states sets the, sets the standards, and then the states can um, the states issue the gun license, but it's like fed the st- the standard is met by f- federally. So you could go state by state, but what happens if one, if a gun is legal, one gun is legal in one state, but not legal in another state. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I don't know. Like that's like concealed carry licenses right now. Yeah. There's no federal regulation right. on concealed carry licenses. Yes. They're state issued mm-hmm. and certain states can choose or not choose to accept other states concealed carry licenses. Right. Um, so I, I, I think you could end up with a, with a 50 states, 50 different rules situation on firearms. And then you, and then you, you run into issues like what happened in Kenosha, the, where the, the shooting, uh, there at the, at the, um, the protests where the white kid went and shot protesters. Yeah. Um, he brought his gun in from another state. Yeah. Like that's one of the biggest, like the thing is like the people are like Chicago has really, really tight gun laws, but people just go across the the border to Indiana and buy guns and bring them across. Right. So how do you, does do the feds then regulate out of state firearm purchases? Cause like right now they are to an extent, yeah. like we can't sell guns to California residents. Right. Because the way the ATF, the way the 1968 gun control act was written, there's only been two major pieces of firearm legislation that's been passed okay. in this country. The 1968 gun control act, and 1934 gun control act. Okay. And both of those, um, are, are pretty much the the guiding documents on how eight on on firearm on federal firearm regulation okay. in the United States and with those with the 1968 gun control act is that even though you have to basically you have to try to you have to abide by it's on this it's on each state to abide by the uh, the laws of the state of that of that resident so like we can't sell uh, uh, any firearms to California residents. Mm-hmm. And we can't sell long guns or hand, we can't sell long guns to Washington state residents that are semi-automatic because right. of Washington's new bill. So we have to like honor those rules, Yeah. but not all of them are doing it because the states would still recognize it. So if like you went, you came down to my store and you, and I wanted, and, and I wanted to, you wanted to buy an AR-15. Okay. Technically, you if you since being a Washington resident, you have to go. If you were Biden, Washington, you have to go through all of Washington's um, extra steps. Yes, but Washington would process. I've talked to I've talked to Oregon State Police because I called them when Washington when I sixteen thirty nine went into effect. Yeah, and I said I asked them, would you guys pro- are you guys processing Washington background checks on some automatic long guns? And they said yes. Mm-hmm. I called ATF and they said you can't do that. So there's a contradiction between states, like the f- <laughs> and the federal. So there are guns. I know of licensing dealers in Oregon that are still selling to Washington residents. Mm-hmm. Now they're they're basically saying that well, the Oregon State Police they're using the state as cover, mm. and they're basically saying they're basically making the ATF tell them they can't. Right, and they're run, they're running a risk, but those guns are still being sold. Yeah, outside of Washington, they're Washington residents getting guns outside of. Um, Washington's rules or skipping Washington's rules by going to another state. Like right. there is so much convolu- convolution here with firearms and state in, in leaving up because most the federal government and the Supreme court have really punted this issue of guns and have let each state decide what they want to do with mm-hmm. their own, with, with firearms. Yeah. The problem is, is the interstate transmission of those guns from border to border. Yeah. 
I can't help but think of it in in a license. Now I'm kind of just hung on this licensing idea, right? So with tr- driver's license, you have class A, class B, class C, mm-hmm. which allow you to operate different vehicles. Yeah. Um, class A, semi-truck driver. You, you and I cannot drive that vehicle. Mm-hmm. Even if we know how, we cannot do it until we've taken a class and have passed a test to be cleared to then operate that vehicle. Yeah, and the, but and the federal government recognizes yeah. that across states. Right. <clears throat> so then the federal government would then have to tell the federal government would then have to tell every state that they'd have to recognize there'd have to be there's gonna have to be some sort in order for that to work, yeah. There's gonna have to be some sort of federal standard of what guns are allowed and what guns aren't allowed to be purchased on a state to state basis. Okay. Because otherwise you're gonna have an AR fifteen is going to be legal in Idaho but not legal in Washington. Okay. And, and then, what if that's the case? Well, then what happens if an Idaho resident wants to come into Washington? They just can't bring that gun. See that? Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, if your class A, let's say class A is mm-hmm. AR, right? Yeah. If your class A licensed, I get what you're saying. If if Washington says it's illegal, but a licensed owner comes in with that weapon, I I can't. I don't see an issue. I have less of an issue with that. Okay. So then you're telling California that mm-hmm. their very tight restrictions on ARs mm-hmm. needs to be lifted to meet the national threshold of what is... A- I think if it's licensed, there's something to consider there. Okay. Because it's training. Mm-hmm. It's... You know what I mean? There's a process to be cleared to operate the machinery. Yeah. I think that that's... Look, if you want... If you are the person who wants to go and cause mass harm, mm-hmm. but now it takes you to go through all these classes to then be licensed to do this weapon. I just feel like there's so many inhibitors that route mm-hmm. opposed to let's say class C, which is just driver like you and I, mm-hmm. you get your class C license. There is far less training and you know what I mean? Just yeah. I mean, think of it the same way as a license. But now you can have a handgun, and that is kind of the limit, or a hunting rifle, mm-hmm. right? Those are there's like a class, right? Yeah. Class C. So those kinds of weapons are going to be more manageable in a mass shooting, uh, uh, uh mass shooting instance or motive, right? Mm-hmm. If your motive is to cause mass harm, but you're only a class C license holder. I imagine that that restricts some things. Mm-hmm. Now, that doesn't mean that a Class C license holder can't get an AR. You know what I mean? That is that is also problematic, right? If 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 a Class C driver like you and I is or dr- driving around in a semi, people are going to be able to tell that maybe we're not licensed to drive that vehicle. Mm-hmm. How do you tell if it's a Class C weapons holder versus a our our definition of the class a here yeah you know with firearms i mean i would probably think the threshold would be more psychological than it would be your ability to actually um operate op- operate because mm-hmm. i mean difference between operating an ar-15 and operating a big rig is going to be massively different right um so the only issue there is going to be what you intend to do with that gun mm. are you responsible and are you psychologically fit to right. to have a weapon that can cause mass destruction. I think like, yeah, I'm starting to think of what would be something that would be federally one. There's precedent of, and that would federally be, um, ability to administer and then 
force the states to comply like just saying we're going with your your three classes of driver's licenses yeah. here and sticking that with sticking with that um sticking with that train of thought i would say that the next step would be okay so the federal government could then reinstitute an assault weapons ban all right so there's no new oh. there's no it grandfathers in everything that's previously owned right um no new sales of assault weapons and they'll right. have to define that right um, what that means, right? And then um, also ban the future sale of high capacity magazines. Okay. There's, I don't feel like there is any precedent for confiscation. Like that's going to be a really hard threshold to I don't think overcome. So that's going to be a very hard threshold to overcome. Like I said, I think. There but has how to... do you license people who are already have them? Oh, okay. Because a lot of a lot of these guns are guns I that mean... people have already. Like they either got from family members, okay. broke into safes, yes, uh, or have already had. Right. The, the guy that sh- shot up in Col- that just did the Colorado shooting. If I'm wrong, mm-hmm. he had that firearm for a while. Yeah, I think so. So any new law instituted, it's not going to stop him from doing that for sure. But the guy in Atlanta bought that gun the day of the shooting, right? Or the, the day before the shooting, right? So I'm not thinking so much about now as I am the future. Okay. I mean, that doesn't mean that all these guns are going to disappear, but I, I think it's as effective as like you're out of range. I need to see your license. Oh, I don't have a license. You don't have a license. There could be possibly repercussions for that. So you have, if you own a fire, like you would advocate for if you owned a firearm, you'd have to get a license for that yes. firearm. Okay. Yeah. Which would then you would need firearm, you would need a firearm registration database then is there a car registration there is yeah yeah i mean vin numbers and yeah. all that kind of stuff what the fuck is the difference i don't get the difference honestly and that might be controversial i don't get the difference fucking register your car fucking register your guns and i'm maybe and i'm just saying this emotionally and passionately mm-hmm. but i don't fucking care but maybe that's just because it's me and i'm not thinking about you know the, the threat is always like we might have to use it against the government one day um what else is the the point of being afraid to registering it that's it, it they'll, oh they'll, eat a dick then they'll, they'll, <laughs> well that's that's the main ar- i mean that's that's the main argument you'll hear that's a popular argument is that they'll say well um Firearms had to be registered in Germany prior. I got to. I got to get in here real quick. And you know how you fucking don't have to deal with having to fight the government, (laughs) Uh, uphold democratic norms. Don't fucking elect people like Donald Trump, you morons. Exactly. Sorry. No, that's no, that's that's exact. That was that's where I was going to lead us. That's where I was going to lead us to. I couldn't wait because I had to say it. Yeah, because I would (laughs) I would rather take my chances of uh, of um. I would rather take my chances keeping a free society by keeping my voice and voting the right to assemble, the right to free speech, yes. and maintaining democratic norms and a representative, like a functioning representative democracy, mm-hmm. than uh, all of the guys storming the Capitol who think that they're they're wannabe military guys. Yeah, like I'll, I'll take my chances with democratic norms because yeah. yeah, essentially England and France have most guns types of firearms banned, and their democracy is just fine. Yeah. Yeah, the gun. The government's not rounding them up and putting them in concentration it's camps. It's more dangerous to vote. It's more dangerous to the stability of the United States to vote for a lunatic like Donald Trump than it is to register your guns. Mm-hmm. No, it, it it is. It's not even. It's not even close. It's not even close. I, uh, like so stupid. <laughs> you're, you're the asymmetry in arms and power and training between the civilians 
in this mm-hmm. country in the military, mm-hmm. which would be used as a tool by the federal government. Yeah. Is dude, you you this would, isn't like, Red Dawn. Most people are like, dude. You see these people like, most of the people you saw like storming the Capitol. Yeah, dude. Those are the soldiers. They had, they dude. had to take breaks getting up the stairs. It's just I'm like, one of those people, Jake. You're not storming the Capitol. <laughs> That's true. I'm storming a mountain, you're, saying, "Let's go back." You're not trying. You're not trying to, uh, to to sell yourself off as like a militia member, right? I'm not trying to defy the government, dude. And <sighs> and making the argument that you would be an effective tool again, like in rising up and revolting against the government, right? Because none of us are. None of us are. <sighs> I don't know. You're better off voting. Yes. Which is why these like the the voting like the the voter registration, um, like the all all the state houses, 47 states have um, voter restriction. That was it. Measures. That was it. That was it. So 1.008 percent proof or voter fraud, and we need to look at the whole system and restructure everything. Versus. What was it? Three or two mass shootings in the last week and a half. Mm-hmm. Well, the difference is, is they don't believe the point zero 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 eight percent voter fraud. They think that it's the people who are advocating for yes. that. The voters, the the average Joes, yeah. think that it's a rampant problem. Right. The people who are instituting those, who are putting those bills on the floor, yeah. are just steering into a lie. But how do you look at mass shootings and say that that's not a rampant problem? Because they they deflect to other reasons for it happening i know that i'm just it's video games it's uh, mental health but they're not willing to do anything about mental health no especially if that means looking at themselves yeah they, they won't do anything about mental health yeah that's 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 the frustrating part it's like, okay if it's about mental health then let's invest in mental health wow yeah. that's a waste of money mm-hmm. bunch of hippies what do you need your safe space <laughs> okay moving on <laughs> That was going to be fired up, dude. Uh, Joe Biden right now is holding uh, his first formal news conference facing questions on pandemic, which we haven't talked about in a while, gun legislation. And the other thing I wanted to bring up was this migrant surge. Okay. So have you heard about all the migrants coming across the border? Mm, The only thing I've heard about is that... uh Biden is kind of doing his own thing about putting kids in cages. Yeah. So according to Jen, what's her name? The press secretary. Pisaki. Pisaki. Um, watching her uh, press conference talking about it. Um, so all there is a surge in migrants coming and there are a lot of kids with COVID. They are using Trump's facilities mm-hmm. to keep them social distance and to keep them from spreading COVID or getting COVID. And while they process and find a way to one, reunite them with their family yeah, so, or figure out what to yeah, do. Yeah, Unaccompanied minors are being held until they can find a more permanent mm-hmm. solution for them. Opposed to just drop kicking them back into Mexico and saying, yeah, it, there's a mile of difference. Yeah. But people were just like, look at Biden. He's doing the same thing, bro. But you have to ask yourself, we, we I, I want oversight on those on the conditions sure. of, those, sure. uh, of those of uh, those facilities, yes, and I hope to God they're being treated better than the Trump administration yes. than they were under Trump's Homeland Security Department. Yeah. So, reading about it, uh, most people are describing this as a crisis, a, a migrant crisis, and a huge surge, right? But then I read another source that was saying the increase that we're seeing mm-hmm. is seasonal and it happens every single year. 
It didn't happen last year because of coronavirus. Mm-hmm. But if you look at 2019, 2018, 2017, at this time, there's always a surge in migrants. Yeah. And well, that, in, Trump, in Trump, uh, and not Trump, uh, Biden uh, up the threshold of... Um, of uh, visa, uh, visa applicants mm-hmm. that are allowed to come in, so right. like there's going to be it, there's more opportunities, so more people are going to be seeking those opportunities. Right. And Trump and Biden is going to be allowing s- asylum seekers again. Yes. So, so with that gap, with that increased natural wave of migration that happens every single year, um, I think it was Washington Post was using statistics to show that the increase, you know, there was seventy thousand. In 2019, mm-hmm. coming across the border. Now the the crisis is 100,000, so you have 30,000 more people, which is a lot of people. But that increase reflects not coming last year and um, asylum seekers. Mm-hmm. You know, we're, we're still in the middle of a global pandemic. So that that is naturally you're naturally going to see an increased number. But the the surge in migration is this is it's it's, it's I, I saw a graph. It's almost the same trajectory as every single year prior to this. The difference is, is that there are a little more because of conditions. Mm-hmm. Now, I'm not saying that I'm not advocating for illegal migration, but there there is a reason why these people are coming. And the, the, the people in Texas, the, the politicians in Texas are trying to say that this surge in children is to distract the Border Patrol so that they can smuggle drugs in through another region. So they're so busy over here dealing with the migrants that they can't actually those stop. People, those fuckers will say anything. <laughs> so I don't know. I'm, I'm still doing a little more research into the migration, but it, there seems to be a lot of attention on it. Um, and a, a lot of the narratives or, or the discussions that I'm having and, and reading are just like, what is Biden doing? This didn't happen during Trump and blah, 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 blah. And, and that is continuously happening, li- happening like, with the kids in the facilities, they're they're drawing similarities of like, whoa, you weren't cool with Trump doing it. It's like, no, we're not cool with anybody doing this. But it's, I'm I'm not saying that what Trump did was unnecessary, right? Putting them in the facilities obviously is during a pandemic and during this surge of migrants. There's something has to be done, right? Mm-hmm. What the issue is, and what the mile of difference that you were discussing is the conditions and the way that these people were treated. Now. Maybe there's not enough information coming out from the Biden administration about how that's happening. And maybe he's addressing that right now during this. But you're talking about having oversight. You're talking about accountability. You're talking about we're talking about in the middle of a pandemic versus Donald Trump, who we he he vocalized and told us how he felt about these people. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a big difference, too, when they're rapist murderers and drug dealers, every single one of them. That that implies, hey, but some he assumes are good people. Okay, some of them, right? But he I, assumes. Yes, we don't know. We don't know. I think that's a huge difference in in if you have a president who is putting these kids in facilities and and considers them dogs, that's a little more concerning than a, a president or administration who's approaching the issue with a little more humanity. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I thought it was interesting. I need to do more research because you know I'm interested in migration especially from south to north um on that border mm-hmm. um i i i am very liberal when it comes to immigration mm-hmm. i i think that 
I mean, statistics have historically shown that immigration um, is a net benefit to uh, the the receiving nation's society as a whole, um, just in terms of cultural influence, but also economic. um, Economically, the nation who is receiving immigration generally is doing better. And you're talking about a post-industrial nation where now the we're you're talking about what people's expectations are of their government and what type of assistance they're going to be receiving from the government you need tax you need tax revenue Mm -hmm. to pay for um you need you need tax revenue to pay for uh medicare you need to pay for all of these social benefits and as populations you have an an aging population in post-industrial countries mm-hmm. that are going to be looking at needing those benefits with a smaller pool of taxpayers mm-hmm. paying into those systems. Well, how do you, if the birth rates are dropping low and they are dropping throughout the industrialized world, mm-hmm. what's the best way to fill your population with tax-paying individuals right. through immigration, bringing yeah. in new people right. into the system? I, I don't see where the, there is no, I, I, I don't really see any downs, any, major downside that would offset the that would anyway offset the the major benefits from immigration yeah one thing i'm thinking about is um the the youth or the migrating working class to another country what that does to the country they're leaving mm-hmm. i mean if we're looking for the best benefit of the united states great but for a country like mexico who's you know ravished with cartel how does the working industry or the working class look there when people are leaving yeah um, so, I mean, you can, or, and then that gets into the question of, uh, economic development right. and what is the role of rich countries in promoting economic development? Mm-hmm. And if you want to, if you want to limit the amount of immigration coming from other countries, why don't you invest in those other countries to make it so that their people aren't fleeing those countries? Right. I saw Biden was planning to meet with Guatemala and Mexico to discuss those things, mm-hmm. <laughs> not build a wall and say, fuck you. <laughs> Right, like uh, work with the international community, work with the World Bank Group, International Monetary Fund. Right, there's a lot out there. You kind of touched a little bit on, um, um, just uh, uh, human reproduction. You mentioned it or something? Mm-hmm. Um, about birth rates? Yeah, birth rates. There you go. Scientists warn that human penises are shrinking because of pollution. <laughs> Where did that even come from? I know CJ sent I it. I looked but at the article. It's, dude, it's from like news.sky.com. Oh, yeah. American.eagle.gov. And as I said uh, to both of you, someone please tell me this has been happening <laughs> since the 80s. Uh, I think I sent back time to get in the pump business. Yeah. Um, I don't know if this is true or not, but I was reading through the article a little bit and it is talking about infertility, you know, and that's very much the journey that I've been on. Um, and that's why I love that show handmaid's tale so much because you're living it. It's, it's a post infertility crisis world. Mm. And that is interesting to me because I don't know if we're seeing drops in birth rates and who knows if penises are getting smaller. (laughs) Um, it is something to consider. I mean, how does evolution look like for humans and um, birth rates and infertility and um, things like endometriosis and how those are preventing um, pregnancies and stuff? I don't know. I just Handmaid's Tale is coming out, so I'm pretty hyped. I'm ready to get back into to, mm. to that world and to that story of a, a post 
infertility crisis world that is that has created a theocracy. Mm. I'm kind of on the same kick. I haven't watched TV in about a year, mm-hmm. but I s- started watching season three of Westworld. Oh, uh, okay. And I've never seen it. Yeah, you haven't seen any seasons mm-hmm. of Westworld, but it's really good. And season three uh, is taking is ask the first two seasons were asking what happens at the dawn of consciousness. Okay. And the third season is asked is really doing a good job of positing the difference between like uh, freedom of choice mm-hmm. and chaos, mm-hmm. like that, and then like a chaotic world, but you have freedom of choice, right? With unpredictability and violence and but everybody has freedom of choice or a completely controlled mm-hmm. society. And they do a really good job because most times that when sci-fi shows try to, uh, try to h- handle this topic, because uh-huh. it's not like it's not a topic that's never been explored before, right. but there's always like a main character that you're rooting for. And that kind of skews your, your, uh, your rooting interests yes. for which outcome you want to have happen. Uh huh. Because obviously rebels versus the empire, nobody right. ever stopped to think what the empire actually Was might have been doing. Do what yeah. I might have been doing for society, you did. Uh, I did. <laughs> I've been full. I've been full. Storm, I've been full stormtrooper from yep. the beginning. Uh, yeah, I was. I cried when the Death Star was blown up. Yeah, the uh, they destroyed the Leviathan. Um, the but with with Westworld is that you don't like all of the all of the main characters are bad in their own way. Mm. They're all flawed. They're all not great. So it allows you to really explore the implications of both outcomes okay. in a way that you're not because you're not really you're not really caring which characters win or lose right. or who dies or who lives. It's more about the outcomes that each That's side is pushing. And then so you kind of start to care more about the outcome than the actual characters. Cool. And so it really allows you to kind of explore the huh. implications on screen. And that medium does right. a really good job of showing like what's the implications of if you, if every single person knew what their fate was most likely to be, because the, the whole thing is like, there was this, uh, this company that built a, this big globe thing mm-hmm. and it could produce, it could accurately predict the lives based on like all the different factors of your life. And mm-hmm. then basically the, they controlled the government and all that information to steer you towards the path Whoa. that they thought they were, you were going to be on. Yeah. So uh, when the, the people who are, are advocating for self-choice, that group yeah. re- gets a hold, hacks, a, hacks the system and then gives all that information out to the people mm-hmm. About so everybody could see on their phones what the government one thought of them said like not um, this person because of their past is not uh, uh, not recommended to allowed to get married mm. not recommended to, so to reproduce stuff like that like and steering them away from Whoa. stuff like that and then uh, and then so like this person is going to die on this date in this way yeah and then so it's <gasps> like. Um, so people hearing this, seeing that, like how their fate ends and seeing like all of this was controlled and they've been on their loops. Mm-hmm. They, they just have been, they, they think they've had freedom of choice, but really they just have been on a predetermined loop. Truman show. And, uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when they, uh, and when they get that information, what do they do? Right. And then just anarchy completely like breaks out. I can't help but think of the individual who sees all that and goes, Oh, well I don't have it that bad. But then I can't help but think of like the people who are like, dude, you know, the NSA is spying on you and you're like, I have nothing to hide. Mm-hmm. It's kind of the same idea, right? Yeah. Like I have nothing to hide. Let them. Mm-hmm. That sounds interesting. 
Yeah. It's just like you have to like bad things are going to happen with freedom of choice. Yeah. And but to what extent do we curb freedom of choice for the greater good? Like when does your freedom mm. of choice like limiting your freedom of choice so you're not inhibiting somebody else's freedoms? Yeah. But, and what is the role of government in that? And right? Into what into what ex- to what extent yeah. are you willing to limit somebody's freedom of choice? Because bad shit's gonna happen, right? We're yeah. destroying our planet. Yeah. So what are we supposed to do to countries who like China who refuse to to stop their carbon emissions? Yeah. That's their freedom of choice, right? The nation state set up is like the way yeah. the, the way the United Nations Charter was written is that the sovereignty of the nation state is upheld above all. Mm-hmm. That's their freedom of choice to do what they want inside their borders to an extent, as long as they're not um, like killing their own citizens. Right, right. We have the responsibility to protect. They're just killing the planet. They're just killing the planet. <laughs> but, Ugh. right, it's like, it's the sheep herders like, yeah. analogy. It's back to tragedy of the commons. Yes. And like all of these, like, it's it just, I love the philosophy of right. shows like Westworld because they do such a good job of exploring that mm-hmm. uh, in, a, in a very unique I'll way. I'll have to check it out. I think I have all three seasons. Is it on HBO? It is. I have yeah. HBO Max. Yeah, you can watch it on HBO. I'll have to watch that. The first season is really good. Is it? It's really good. I started it, but I was like, I'm falling asleep. The first season <laughs> has amazing acting. Okay. It has Anthony Hopkins in it. Yeah. Uh, the second season is good, very confusing, because everything is happening on multiple time on okay. multiple timelines, and you don't know it until the end. Okay. And then, Spoiler. Uh, and then the three... Is three done and completed? And three's all out? done is completed and okay. completely out. Three, the acting dips considerably, but the okay. story arc is better than two. Okay, cool. I mean, that's like watching Black Mirror. It doesn't have the best acting, but the stories and the the situations are kind of cool. Okay, I'll have to check that out. Uh, I'm sure you didn't watch it, but I watched the Snyder Cut. I haven't uh, watched Justice it yet. League. Have you seen Justice League at all? Yeah, I have. It's, oh, it's terrible. It's way better. Is it? It's way better. Now, Dimitri claims it's the greatest superhero movie of all time. I'm gonna have to watch it to determine that. It's not. I Iron Man I, One is better. Uh, I was gonna say Iron Man One is <laughs> probably the best. Yeah. Um but it's significantly better. It's significantly better. And there's way more character development, way more story, way more because uh, Cyborg was no, like a nobody. No, he he is the centerpiece of this. Really? Yeah. And that's how Zack Snyder intended it. Mm-hmm. And that you know, Dimitri was like, "Oh, the Zack Snyder cut is the greatest of all time." And I posted a picture of uh, the director's cut of The Watchmen, which he directed. So the director's cut is the Snyder cut. And I said, "You're right. The Snyder cut is the greatest superhero oh, movie I, I, of all I time." I saw that. I didn't know what you're referencing. I know. I, I need to, to watch you. Snyder's cut of Watchmen. Yeah, yeah. Because I'm, I like Watchmen by themselves, and they explore the same freedom of choice versus for sure control. Mm-hmm. Um, in a different, in a, in a different way too. Is so good, it's so good. I need to finish reading it. In the way I'm that, about in the way through. that each one of those, well, it's mostly a difference between um, Rorschach, Rorschach, and uh, who is the guy that was ended up being the bad guy, but then Doctor Manhattan goes ends up. Voight deciding. is his name, or Voight something Voight. I can't remember his hero name or yeah, something like that. Anyway. But yeah. I love that. Love that movie. And I, I've been holding off watching it until I finish reading it, but then I'm not reading it. I'm halfway through, but then I'm like, maybe I should just watch it. But then I know I want to finish the book. It's pretty cool. It's it, so far, as far as I am, I'm about halfway through the graphic novel. It's identical. Hmm. There's some weird side stories that Zack Snyder excluded, but wow. 
Have you watched the Watch um, the Watchmen show on HBO? No. Okay. I heard it's great though. Mm-hmm. It's also something I want to watch. I think it's within the world of the Watchmen. Mm-hmm. So it takes place after the movie, I think. Does it? Yeah, because uh, a group of individuals find Rorschach's journal, and oh. then he like he then becomes like a deity to them because he sent it. Yeah. Yeah. I gotta watch that. So then, like Rorschach becomes almost like Carl, like almost like a Karl Marx kind of yeah. figure to like these revolutionaries. Ooh, yeah. that sounds so good. All right, <laughs> I gotta go. <laughs> All right, bye guys. All right, see you.